hey, this is a wrestling podcast. We're finally doing it. This is 1.0. Um, yeah, this is so weird hosting. I don't know how you do it, George. This is a strange thing. Because you, you usually jump in. You, like, jump in with some kind of antidote. And and that's not really my forte. I'm just, I like talking about wrestling, so that's why I'm here. <laughs> that's why this will probably be uh, way smoother. Like, way smoother, way more just... I might keep it real short. Like we're gonna we're gonna keep a, a nice tight like forty five. I think is what I'm I'm going for. Fuck that. I'm gonna be I'm gonna hame in the fuck out of this. This is gonna like go sideways to front ways to back ways, and I'm gonna land a helicopter on it. It's okay, but if you're good on the mic like he is, I can't blame you. I'm I'm all for it. Like that if that's your forte. I, th- absolutely. I mean, at some point, I'm pretty sure we're gonna have the um, podcast on a pole episode at at some point. <laughs> when all this is said and done, we can actually be around each other again. I, I, I will, I will hold you to that at PAX. No joke, that has to happen yeah. now. Winner who grabs a mic gets the host. Like that's it. I love it. Okay, yeah, I'm down. Uh, so make sure we we have this, uh, you know, posted for posterity. Like it's gonna happen once we're back to well, you know, when we're allowed to be around each other again. Yeah, mark. But in the meantime, yeah, yeah. But in the meantime, I mean. So I I know we should save that really for a more appropriate uh, podcast, but um, have you even gotten a chance to glimpse at virtual packs like it? It was a little weird. So is it ha- has it happened? I mean I know that's probably for the other show, but um, I saw that they're doing like packs and like packs Australia are combining to do like a virtual one. I didn't think it started yet. Uh, I saw like previews of it of how it's gonna work. Oh okay yeah. It's a little weird. It reminds me of like a. Who are the people behind Stanley Parable? Like, just that, that it reminds me of, like, a walking simulator. <laughs> like, it looks oh, like, 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 really virtual, like you're walking around? Like yeah, in... that's that's a vibe I got. I could be mistaken, but, like, uh, to be honest, like, it's, I don't know, I'm I'm all for it. I'm interested in that concept, especially if you could do it, like, in a VR space. Like, even watching wrestling shows in a VR space would be kind of cool. Like, you know, we'll talk about it later about the Thunderdome, but, you know, that virtual audience, the virtual space. Like, I wonder if that'd even be a thing down the road. Because did, cause didn't WWE toy with the VR experience for a bit there? Like, you could watch shows in VR? Um, God, like, this was like... I, I, I just remember seeing a picture of Vince with, a, like, a VR headset on. This was, yeah, but this was, like, early 2000s. This was when, like, Sunday Night Heat and Saturday Night Velocity were a thing. Like, I vaguely remember what you're... And even then, it was... It was this own, like, proprietary thing. But no, like, there hasn't been anything... As far as modern VR options, no. Like, the the closest thing, like, that. that's still... That's all Brazzers. No no wrestling. So, <laughs> <laughs> like... Well, I'm sure, I'm sure their time will come. Um, but yeah, so this is House Show. This is... I, I, we're not numbering the episodes, honestly. I think we're just going to kind of just name them different things as we go along but this is the first time we've actually tried to do an official episode uh my buddy adam and i did one months ago before the pandemic around wrestlemania time uh just to test things out and he's kind of on a hiatus right now he's not online which i totally get and would honestly encourage if people have the ability to do so like get off being online for a bit especially right now given the circumstances um, but, but he'll be back. Uh, but we did a test run just to kind of, I don't know, do a wrestling podcast and see how that went. But I think we're, we're going to try to get this more on a regular basis now. And, um, you know, thanks to, uh, Will Brendel for doing the artwork and, uh, of course, Sayer's amazing theme song. Uh, probably the only reason why we're doing the podcast is because the theme song is so legit and the artwork is so good. 
Like it's the only reason why this exists is because the, <laughs> those those things are so so well done. Um, well, we've been talking about it for a while that like we kind of wanted to turn Press Pause Radio into a network, uh, more so than a singular show where we kind of just stepped off a, not into like the the majority focus is still going to be video games, video game culture, and industry news, and and again indie games. Like we're not diluting that by any means, but we figured we'd go ahead and expand it a little bit by just talking about the other stuff that makes our wheels go around, like pro wrestling and comic books and television, movie, media and culture and uh, other things. Cause I mean, why not? I, it, it, it's an opportunity to expand not only the content we get to work on and, and kind of give us something more fresh, not and, and avoid a little bit of burnout, but it also gives us a chance to attract like sometime, like I, you have no idea how many people fucking listen to adventure zone and don't know what the fuck my brother, my brother and me is. Right? It's, it's insane. Yes. It's insane. I had no yes. idea. I'm like, what you've, like, how do you know one and not the other, especially when the other one, like, has this legacy? It's just, I think nerd societies and nerd cultures sometimes will crash into each other, and it's unexpected. And there's just so much cross-pollination when it comes to that. Like, wrestling and video games, the, the fandom of both those things usually go very much hand-in-hand. Hand, but there's a lot of times where one doesn't know much about the other. Like, I will say, honestly, I've been a fan and a, a nerd of wrestling for years prior to me liking video games. So me being into wrestling supersedes video games. And so I hope that in doing this, like I've learned a lot in the years recording with you guys on Press Pause Radio. I've learned a lot about games, about the history of games. I'm hoping that we can have people that listen to this and learn about wrestling and the history of wrestling. And, you know, ultimately, you know, can can find out something they may like. Uh, and I really hope that we can establish a, a precedent by saying that the wrestling, like the best kind of wrestling is the wrestling you like to watch. I don't want to necessarily get into the Mark mentality of like people shitting on each other for liking one product over the other or liking one kind of wrestling over the other. I really don't want that to happen here. And I know it won't. I think we're all pretty respect respectful of different kinds of wrestling, what people like, you know, and, and we're not here to like shit on anything. We're not, you know, that, that's not our goal at all. Um, if anything, just explore and learn about new different kinds of wrestling too. No, man, like, Wrestling can be carny shit. Wrestling can be an athletic contest. Wrestling can be theater. It can be any of those things. That's like the whole point of it. So, I mean, th there is bad wrestling, and I, I, I think we it would be irresponsible for us not to point out. I'm like, yo, what the fuck was that? But, I mean, I, I think we'll do so responsibly and try to avoid any sort of elitism, especially the the kind that would alienate. Because, like, dude. Like, fuck the whole, like, I'll say right now, there's a lot of things that, like, I take issue with, with WWE personally, but it's certainly, like, like, maybe the booking and the story and whatnot, but certainly not, like, the top of my list. Like, the fact that, like... And, and but at the same time, I I feel like I can definitely give them shit from an ethical standpoint. Yeah, that's and, where and, I'm and, standing. And I'm, I'm saying we're not going to ignore that. We're not going to ignore the ethical you know, ramifications of what a lot of companies do and a lot of wrestlers do. Um, but in terms of like the product, like, yeah, I may not like certain things, but another wrestling fan may like that. And I, I don't want to necessarily come down on it. I think we can look at it from a critical standpoint, but it's also like when I was doing backyard wrestling and I would go to wrestling shows and they would hate the fact that backyard wrestlers were fans. Like if you mentioned that you're a backyard wrestler, they they'd want to like beat the shit out of you. 
You know, and it's, it's that whole thing of like, I still watch backyard wrestling. Like, I won't shit on that kind of stuff. I watch deathmatch wrestling. Like, I, you know, people can think one thing about it and they can think it's, you know, it, it's not their it's not it's not their thing and that's fine you it's know, still but. evolving in, in fact that's going to really play a role into one of the um promos that happened over the past couple of shows that i would really like to talk because that's an excellent point and again that's still a point of contention even in today's show and and like the way it's it's very much a shoot on like an actual issue in in wrestling industry and culture um between mjf and john moxley Okay, so um, yeah, talk more about that because I didn't get a chance really to watch. And we're gonna go over the last few weeks of wrestling, SummerSlam, and the last few weeks of AEW. Um, so this most recent episode of AEW, um, uh, MJF and John Moxley had a contract signing for the world title at All Out, or is it so All In? It, it, it's All Out. Okay. So um, and All Out is gonna be broadcasted next Saturday, September fifth. So the build. Uh, as of this point, was the fact that MJF has essentially been running a lot of campaign slogans and very much uh, life imitates our art imitates life uh, approach as far as the fact that he is um, coming across as a potential candidate who wishes to uh, essentially wear the the crown of AEW as far as the AEW World Championship and uh, has been using. Uh, inflammatory terms like dictator John and just very much like he knows what he's doing the like the spin doctoring the posturing the abuse of his uh, quote-unquote cabinet Um, but he like this whole uh, new political gimmick has worked out really well so much so that there was a point where while he was totally roasting on Moxley Moxley uh, basically scared him was two weeks ago um, gave him a good scare during one of his promos in the ring and then just beat the fuck out of him from behind and laid a paradigm shift on him. And now, uh, which is, that, that's the one thing that's a little strange as far as the booking because, like, while he's definitely selling and playing up the neck brace, um, he's not talking about how, like, suddenly, like, he, he's, he's at least in, in fine enough condition to not be denied the chance of going against for the belt and going against Moxley. Like, his, yeah, like he's but, medically but, but, cleared up to that point, but he's still hamming up the injury. Oh, sure. He's playing up the heel. Absolutely. But like, but it's brilliant because yeah. he got a change.org petition, like a real life petition to get people <laughs> to sign sure, that sure. the paradigm shift needs to be banned from the match. It's so much so that he got Mark Sterling who, I know he's got some real shit, like, beyond, like, his indie wrestling cred and his role in uh, the Major Figure Wrestling Podcast. I believe he actually does have, like, um, some credentials as, uh, for an attorney, but he is playing oh, the okay. role of MJF's attorney. Mm-hmm. Um, and he drew up this contract, and the whole time, uh, like, Moxley actually didn't speak all that much. Like, he came, they, they definitely exchanged some, like, fucking barbs between like moxley's age to like maxwell's adolescence and whatnot but then they got to something that i found was really interesting to where he totally put over moxley but he was just like dude you're fucking dangerous but like how how dangerous are you when like you are put in a setting where you really need to perform with skill and not like outright fucking violence like i 
I'm a surgeon in this ring. I will dissect you one by one because I have grown up idolizing and modeling my entire moveset around greats like Buddy Rogers and I believe he named Harley Race and a few other like like super like fucking legacy like yo dude you're okay my my wrestling acumen does not go back that far and then real and then he's like meanwhile your styles are modeled after Sandman and Danzig uh or fuck oh, what's his- oh yeah yeah John Zangdig Zandig, sorry. Yeah, so, so which is cool, and I think that's an amazing throwback because not many people know that Moxley uh, was the CCW World Champion. He did do deathmatch wrestling. He was actually in a few deathmatch tournaments. Um, like he's he's bled. He's done some like really gnarly stuff, and it's definitely something you don't see now. Obviously, in the current product that he's in, but you do see you'll see shades of it. Him against Omega uh, when they went into that barbed wire. I love like, that match. And, and that's and, and that's some stuff that like yeah like you would never expect a barbed wire like web being brought out in a match in 2020 in AEW but it legit happened. Um, yeah, I, I love that, and I guess it's the cool thing about AEW is that they don't necessarily shy away from talking about other promotions, other wrestlers that aren't in the company. Like it is not the PC like don't talk about other places. Like they're very open about that stuff. No, they're very much like this is a wrestling promote. Like they use the term, I I almost think that superstar is a uh, band word, uh, which yeah. is fine. Yeah, absolutely. And um, to speak to that point, and I'll, I'll let you continue, but even so much so that they're bringing in talent from other companies to wrestle on AEW. Obviously, Kingston had shown up uh, weeks back and now is with the company, but he was an indie guy at the time. He just got you know put on the show, and uh, they're also bringing in Thunder Rosa, the NWA Women's Champion to wrestle, uh, I want to say it's Sheeta. Thank you. Um, you know, so it's like an interpromotional championship match, which is Kingston awesome. is signed on. He, and which he was is. weird too, because like he was signed with NWA. Um, yeah. And, and, and I don't even know what the fuck is happening. Like NWA disappeared. And then like, cause they used to run like their, their power hours, like yes. on YouTube. And yep. then since the pandemic, like they haven't done anything. I, I uh, think that well, I think they have some stuff they're going to be doing soon. That's like streaming from an empty arena, that kind of thing. But, they were doing a cross promotion with the Ring of Honor. Yes, and, and I think that they they've done that, that in the past. Went to hell though. Okay, so what happened there? Because the program was going to be um, Alden Eldis um, versus Marty Skrull. Oh, and he's been kind of outed now. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't uh, believe that's going to be something that. And yeah, that we're recording on the uh, the aftermath of speaking out or speaking yeah. up. Um, so there was which I don't know. That was a damn shame. But um, yeah, Cause no. Because then you had guys like Velveteen Dream coming back and um, Austin Theory came back. And these were people that were you know, outed for uh, their behavior and their activity. And at least uh, from what they said about Velveteen Dream is that they didn't find any evidence, which I They were would, saying would, something would, about would, would Matt to Riddle, differ. too, but apparently he had alibis that checked out. And then Darby Allen, um, but Darby Allen was apparently fabricated. Um, gotcha, gotcha. And then Sammy Guevara just made some, some abhorrent yeah. comments, but, like, he went yeah. through sensitivity training, he crazy like went through it and then not only that sasha was even like i'm good we're good 
like he should come back. That's where I'm like, you yeah. know, then and then that's like so now it's just from a I from a more cautious uh standpoint. But um MJF later went like he 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 goes over and he lists like the inspirations for Mox. I'm like these people are hot garbage. And then he's basically like you're fucking like you're like areas of expertise the railings tables barbed wire they mean nothing inside a square circle with turnbuckles ring aprons like areas that yeah like he went into such an it, it's like, good he's, he, detail and he's belittling him he's making him seem inferior because of his background and his you know his history which is yeah, he's so they're both so good on the mic, and it's unfortunate that Moxley doesn't get to shine as much as he used to. I feel like they make him as this unhinged lunatic, and they don't give him the chance to really like get on the mic and really like talk people down and really you know give him that verbal that verbal judo like he's been known to do in the past. I think he he definitely has more flexibility to do it in AEW, but like I'm surprised that he still played it up like in that exchange afterwards. He was just like, "Well, I'm no lawyer, but I don't know." based on my previous experience with my public defender. Oh wait, I don't know. My public defender's in jail. So I'm just like, okay, a little a little hammy, but whatever. I'll I'll go with it. Uh but then like he, they're definitely like putting it out where he's a sly fox because he somehow in some way found a way to exchange the documents that detail like the signed legal uh match terms to where uh, a, while he did agree to, and like I loved how he agreed to it too, like nothing you say matters, and nothing I sign here matters because come the fifth, you're a you're a dead man, and I'm just like, oh man, and and like I don't have you kept up on the like AW gives the dude free reign to the point where like even like post match celebration, he's just throwing out f bombs, he don't give a shit. Yeah, and and yeah, and I think they do that with Jericho, they do it with a lot of the guys, you know, for sure. Like they get a lot of free reign to. Pumpkin-headed dipshit is, like, one of my favorite, like, Jesus, I lost it. I lost it when Jericho fucking said that. And and this is all on TNT? Yeah. Wow. Oh, man. Uh, like, the, the, the previous feud uh, that led to uh, Stadium Stampede, fucking chef kiss. Like, which, which was even, like, a match that I had no expectations for, and it being one of the best matches, I mean, in my opinion, of the year. I loved it when... Uh, not Hager, but what, what do they call him now? Is Jake it Hager? Hager. Hager. Him and uh, Hangman Page in the bar. Like, that, that scene alone, I was like, okay, like, I'm, I'm on board with this. This this is fun. I, like, I, I enjoyed every bit of that match. And I didn't think I was going to. I had no expectations going into it. Yeah, but it's funny, too, because there was a lot of meta commentary. They're even like, we've seen over a dozen of these contract signings in the past and they always end in this frivolous violence and there's tables like he's he's like hey we didn't even break the table you know (laughs) yeah he actually made comment of that um i will say if anyone gets a chance to watch moxley in nxt his run against william regal was some of the best promos some of the best mic work i've ever seen and so he's capable of doing it he is capable of being on the mic and just completely destroying it so if people get a chance to watch that, I would highly recommend it because it, it's some of the best promo work I've ever seen. Um, so I, I hope maybe him and MJF have more of a feud. Like, I don't want to stop just at this pay-per-view. Like, I want them to continue. I'm, I personally, I am rooting for MJF to take the belt. I, I agree want to chase. You. I um, agree with you. I didn't think much of MJF. Like, I, like there was moments where I really, like, he, he definitely 
played up the heel I wanted to hate. And he's such he, an asshole too. Like yeah. he does it so well. Like I love the build up to Cody. Like that's the thing I'm afraid of. Like the build up between him and Cody was amazing. The actual match, no. And I don't know what it is too, because he he can be a really good wrestler, but I I don't know what exactly happened. But um, it wasn't great. I don't know. But I think that I don't know what it is. But I think Cody like handling the multiple responsibilities that he's been handling is actually affecting his wrestling. He's Which been a little sloppy in the ring. And, and now he's actually kind of out for a while. I mean, they played the whole angle with him and Brody Lee, where Brody Lee won the title in, like, pretty... Uh, oh, he, like he fucking dominated. He dominated him. And, Which like, re- surprisingly, like... And I think, I, if I had to guess, I'd say Cody is probably actually injured or has been wrestling injured. Or wrestling a schedule, like you said, that has been a little too much with him doing so, all his other responsibilities. Apparently, he's supposed to be doing something with Stephen Amell on HBO Max. Ah, uh, so so he's gonna be out of action for a while. Yeah, gotcha. But like, the thing of it though is that I I absolutely believe he's been wrestling injured. He's been nursing an injury. Um, and while Brody is super deserving of it, I kind of. Like I'm a little bummed that like we had like I dude all four like I like I don't know if you watched the latest being the elite like holy shit dude like he has such like I love chilies yes yeah yeah dude I love just like this absolute side and personality of this man that you can see and watch him work and and he's not just some asshole in the back going yeah like he he's such. An elegant and fucking fearsome dude that, and and they're giving him, and he's he's fucking killing it and running with it, yeah. I at first I wasn't like, all right, dude, this whole Mr. Brody Lee shit's a little petty, it's a little overboard, um, but I dig it. Like the one thing that I thought, like in his promo work in that same show with the lawnmowers, um, so I, you didn't watch the show, but like as they're coming out and they're again they're totally bearing Cody and they're celebrating. They actually had real life seven lawnmowers on fucking set, like that he said he bought, which was again like I like that there's this inside bit from being the elite, but being the elite yes. it's, it's it's weird. I like being the elite being its own thing because when you bring inside inside baseball to like the actual show, gotcha. It's it's a weird line like and and like to that effect like it's so weird that like. WWE is so like they treat that taboo, and yet the fucking network is all about breaking kayfabe in in every regard, and then them promoting a show that bro- breaks kayfabe, but still keeping kayfabe on said show. So, but it's... but I almost feel like they know that fans are also in the know, like they understand what's happening behind the scenes. Like the internet has you know obliterated any chance of kayfabe and, and you know and keeping it all hidden like it, it's all out there it's all exposed like i think they just want to it almost feels like they don't want to like make people feel stupid like you know what's going on behind the scenes why hide it you know but but there is a there is a part of me that likes the old school of like storylines or storylines you want to be surprised by things you don't want to yeah. know everything you know going on so i but, but i do like that they're trying to create this own like their ecosystem of like AEW Dark, the being the elite, and then the product on TNT. Like I feel like it can all really work well together. AEW and like I, I try to be as objective as possible. But like they are truly killing it. The one thing that holds them back from being the best and where WWE has them beaten in spades is their women's division is not 
is so no bueno. Like even then the women like this beef right now between Big Swole and Britt Baker and then getting Penelope uh Ford involved. Just like Britt I don't know Big Swole, but I know Britt Baker's like like still fairly new. And Yeah. I um, just seeing Penelope carry that whole handicap match like was a little slop but like I I Nyla's amazing. Nyla's incredible. Uh Sheeta's incredible, which I'm happy that Sheeta took the belt, but like I feel like there's so much instability to where like where you don't know if like there's a, a signing that's permanent uh, as far as part of the roster, like are they all elite or whatnot? Like the women's division feels like it's so up in arms to the point where like it can get away with doing a cross promotional match with someone like Thunder Rosa, who dude, like she's amazing. And and they may get her full time, but like you said, we don't know. We don't know who's signing, who's just there for a limited time. Like I would have loved to see Kylie Ray stay with AEW. She ended up leaving. Does indie stuff. She's on Impact now and she does a lot of indie shows, but she's she's a great talent. Um, that they definitely missed out on not having her there, uh, on a contract for sure. Well, I mean, I believe that was all her decision and they yes. were super cool about it. Yeah. And like I, I didn't really know much of her. Like I she just appeared to be like Bailey Light to me, and then as I saw more and I'm like, Oh, but she's also I think just because of the I don't know the image or maybe the the vibe that AEW's going for, um, it might have conflicted with their own por- personal values, which is weird because Impact is not far from that either. But also, Impact has done a lot intergender wrestling, which I think is something they should push in a lot of other promotions. I mean, because yes. uh, what what t- Tessa Blanchard was the the champion there for a while until yeah. that that whole thing happened. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, which is funny you mentioned that, and I actually was going to mention that at the beginning of the show because I would love to do just a whole episode on just that. Because recently, um, the staff behind Pro Wrestling Illustrated, they're, they were trying to make that a, a topic or a feature for not only the magazine but the site. And I feel like it's something that isn't really discussed often because, like, on said show, uh, Sunny Kiss, I mean, is the closest that we're going to see to at least on, on-screen television in regard to them uh, wrestling in the ring. They were in a uh, eight-person eight, eight tag with... Yeah, and, 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 and Sonny's been tagging with Joey Janela, right. which is awesome, which and is then, a great tag yeah, game, too. I, I don't, okay, I don't keep up with Dark, but has Brian Pillman wrestled on AEW before? Brian Pillman he, Jr.? No, he just kind of showed up. He was originally with MLW, um, and I don't know if he was like signed with them or he was just wrestling primarily on their show. Um, and I don't know if he's with AEW officially. I think he's just like, you know. Yeah, that was just a one time. Yeah, one time, but might 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 stick around. You know, I think someone like a Pillman or a Davy Boy Smith, uh, Junior. You know, those guys might be a good get for for either one of those companies going forward. Um, but yeah, I I love Janela. Like I won't hide that I'm a huge Joey Janela fan. Um, and I like that tag team a lot. I think they would go very far if given the opportunity. Um. And, and I, I, I wasn't familiar with Sonny until, like, the Battle Royals and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, I, I think they work really well together, for sure. Right now, a year ago, like, AEW was really thin, especially when they first started their TV because it felt like the same people were on television week in, week out. But now, like, between Matt and uh, Brian Cage, like, Brian Cage is starting a program with fucking Lance Archer. And, like, having Taz, like throw barbs with Jake the Snake. Like, that sentence? Doesn't that sentence fucking sound... Because that happened. It's, it's it's a weird blend, for sure, but I think it's... 
you know, and I think they bring legends in and they bring in people that were obviously stars, you know, and, but I, I do honestly feel like AEW at least treats it as they could be more of a mentor to some they're of all the up and coming wrestlers the and only... they're not really taking the spotlight, you know, which is great. The only sure. one I feel like is misused to be perfectly honest is Arn, Arn. Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. Arn doesn't yeah. need to be in Cody's corner. Cody's no. fine. Yeah. I just think they wanted to make him like, like Cody's like this franchise player and he's like this like athlete, you know, and he needs his coach in his corner. Now I think Arn, especially now that uh, Tully Blanchard has gone with the FTR, you know, as kind of their manager mentor, that kind of thing. I could see Arn going with a tag team and being a mentor, or I don't know, maybe just doing, it's, it's hard to say. I don't know what Arn would really do without being in someone's corner at this point. Yeah. That's because I'm, that's one thing I can't think of. A, so, Cause like you can't put them in, the natural nightmares. I mean, Dusty's there, so. Yeah, yeah, and you can't really pun with other tag teams. Like, the Bucks aren't going to really have a manager. Like, it no. just doesn't seem like it would fit. Oh, um, and, I, and I think that's where we can jump off, but uh, that's another nice little hook that they finally, um, Hangman was ousted from the Elite. Yeah, his uh, his months and months of drinking and self-sabotaging finally come come to pass. Um. I mean, do you see that being a setup for a tag match? Because I feel like if they're doing, isn't like FTR against the uh, Kenny Omega and Page for the titles? Right, and where I totally feel like at some point, um, it's just gonna blow up in Hangman's face or like the Buck, because like putting the Bucks against them, like that that tension that that are they already ran with that angle and then they were teasing that like at some point hangman was gonna like turn on kenny everyone wants kenny to be heel but i i really like this face run i would like him to continue being face honestly mm, but i don't know kenny as a heel like i'm thinking like new japan when he was the cleaner like that that was a good we've got run plenty he of heels. we've got we've got That's, a lot of heels right it's a now. good point it's a good and, point and like not only that He's basically, he's like, dude, I, he considers himself, like, from what I've heard in previous interviews, like, I'm in my twilight years, so I'm going to do two new things. I'm, I'm going to, like, try to, like, this face, because, like, he's always been more heel than face. And, like, he's got the advantage of, like, just, like, the clout that he's built with the elite, where he can pull off being face. Um... I'm surprised he says he's in his twilight years. I feel like he has a lot to go, but then again, all those five-star matches probably take a toll on you, I'm sure. Yeah, if anything, he's just in a position to build and put a, like build people. But like, I don't know. He's also I think that's another situation where like he's taken on too much cuz he's in he's one of the main bookers for the women's division and like that hasn't hasn't worked out too well. I I will say I think to 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 kind of go back on what you're saying about the women's division, I think if they had talent from Japan more accessible, I think it'd be a definitely a different story. Because he could definitely recruit a lot of talent from Japan to wrestle in that division, but obviously with travel restrictions and everything else, you know, pretty limited at this point. So, yeah. but yeah. Um, I feel like... Mm, I don't know if Shimmer's still a thing. But mm, last I last I recalled it was yeah. But even Shimmer or or just I see the thing about it is they I don't know how much they can really do with New Japan because apparently and like nobody's being yeah they like, kind of left on bad it. terms yeah but they left which, on bad terms I mean really it's not it's a strained relationship I would think at this point 
So I don't know. Well, speaking of things that are strained and, oh, and, th and th things that aren't really going very well, uh, we can talk about SummerSlam and, and talk about now. SummerSlam, was that the first? It wasn't the premiere of the Thunderdome. That was afterwards, right? That was SmackDown. That was the SmackDown after? Well, SmackDown, SmackDown prior. Okay. And then into going, and then it was, it was fucking weird. But I got into, okay, so I, I guess we should talk about Thunderdome. What are your thoughts sure. on Thunderdome, dude? I, I, I don't like it, but also... <laughs> I, I don't. I I get it. It's trying to get the fan experience, getting the interactive elements, but like it, it just seems like it's a hot mess, and I can't imagine what it's like for the performers to have to have that around them. Like it's not. I can't imagine it makes them feel like oh, like we have the fans back, and this is like you know we feel the energy, we feel the excitement again. Like it just it feels like it's. But then it again, feels like voyeurism almost. Um, well, and I'm sure we'll talk about that. Yeah, probably because there's a lot of things that you maybe don't want to see on people's cameras at home. No. Uh, I, I, we maybe, maybe too much access is a bad thing. Uh, definitely in this, but I mean, it looked cool, but at the same time, you know, having like the canned like audio tracks from like wrestling games playing as the fan interaction in the background, it not, felt like such great. a, right. And I was just like the. It was over the top. Like, there is no way that you mm. can, like, you guys need to quit piping in, like, the crowd fanfare. Because it yes. does, it sounds the furthest from natural. <laughs> Very, it, yeah. It, it, like, like, at some point, like, I might as well see gifts of, like, arms going back and forth at, at, at this point. But, like, it, if, if they did the show in the game, I mean, I'm not totally against that. But, like, I, I love it, too, because it's so awkward even for some of the fans. Like, I, there was a spot I'm trying to remember, and I believe it was the Braun and Fiend match with Bray, uh -huh. where they were doing something near the front row, and where, like, they can't... So, here's the thing that's funny, and, like, they teased it a little bit, and I guess that was the extent of what they can do, but the whole... I don't think we'll ever see anything remotely close because the execution and result of it was so fucking awkward looking. But from what I read, um, sources again, Bleacher Report and Wrestling Observer, um, the total cost of this equipment, they like outsourced it from like this like uh, technology team in, San in uh, California. Got a bunch of Vizio uh, TVs on sale at Best Buy during Labor well, Day. Well, no, weekend. they're like plasma TVs. Yeah, because that's the thing. First, I thought this was like superimposed uh, virtually, like the way they do those over the top, um, those over the top logos reduction. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Three, 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 like, during entrances. Yeah. That's how I uh -huh. thought they were going to do it. But no, it, they're they're hardwired physical monitors, and it's like a it's using like a unique like plasma OLED because okay. using that limits in the least amount of reflection that can come oh, off from the lighting sure, but sure. The, but and there's like so it's like weird like tube like it's it's a fucking mishmash of different display tech because when like i did get the chance to scope it they're all running on like rows of tubes but they're like oled plasma like i would i would love to get like someone to just find one of those televisions that they did use for the crowd, like like snap a photo like in the crowd or something, you know. Well, yeah, or just like something, and which is, I that's one thing we did neglect to mention. the The twenty seventh show was the um the very first show that uh live fans were yeah. able to attend, and 
it was a little uncomfortable here and there, but like I think they were trying to take every precaution they could, but I don't see it being viable. I no. it, it, as far as this, um, no man, it was fucking weird. Um, but the spot that I wanted to make mention is where it looked like Braun was gonna tease doing something with um the fiends like against the screen but they did it through the barricade but the fan that recognized where he was and saw himself on stream like because they're like looking from this outsider perspective from the hard cam angle and then like it's it basically like playing mario kart in mirror mode where they're just uh-huh. like trying to react like whoa look you're in front of me i'm not really in front of me and it's just like such a weird like existential fucking nightmare of like i'm not really there but i'm there but oh like i don't it it i don't know it didn't didn't work out for me i didn't like well, it yeah and the whole thing feels out of place for sure but i guess so let's play it from the angle of if we were making the show right now what would you do for uh you know a syndicated program like smackdown and raw like what would you do I I mean honestly I I really like the approach that they were trying to doing they were kind of doing it in uh, response to AEW where they just had a lot of inside personal but even then they weren't I think this is the best approach they can do to in in going in in, in falling in line with the kind of production and ex, and experience that they're trying to give only because what they were doing before was definitely unsafe it's it's a fucking I'm still wrapping my head around the fact that both Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns are back less than a month after there is a confirmed case count of 30 infected employees. One of which would like that alone. And I don't, I don't know how how much money was involved with that whole thing or what, what exactly convinced them to come back otherwise, because like even then before all that too, like they were, uh, almost blackballed from even being mentioned by name. Like, they were taboo. Like, they were pretty much dead. Well, Roman, we get, but Sammy was, like, very adamant about not wanting to perform. Same as, like, Kevin Owens, who, like, was very vocal about, like, you're not taking the necessary precautions going forward. And I think they did implement a lot of things because he was so vocal about, you know, moving forward and having the show with all the restrictions and everything else. But, yeah, Sammy, I mean, no word of him whatsoever, and then he shows up again. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a little weird, but I think if if you're gonna do Thunderdome, which apparently the whole thing, and it makes total sense why it's like kind of gone to shit and gotten like the nonsense that it has, is the whole thing is also managed by Kevin Dunn, who's also overseeing. Like, you can't have the dude do both. No, like, and it's weird to me too because okay, by by proxy of like the like the Pavlovian like response to me and like you know it, especially with like the onset of the internet is like if you can be shitty on the internet with minimal to no consequences and you are the type of person to recognize that nine times probably ten times out of ten you will immediately exercise every opportunity to be a piece of shit so that's why there are moderators there are monitors there are curators there are systems and checks and balances set in place to where you can mitigate that i i, I believe i read something and i don't know exactly because i i was originally telling val but i'm like i don't know i thought they were implementing like a fine system for any inappropriate behavior because you are providing 
some kind of NDAs or something at least. Yeah, would think, like right? which would absolutely be a deterrent. I I believe you don't want to fucking like uh, suddenly have a collection on your report because like you put your dick on national tev- television. Yeah. WWE like sends their um, lawyers after you. You know. Right, but like from what I've seen so far. That that shit looked like the Wild West. That like did not I saw I, I saw people like sleeping, <laughs> you know, uh. and, and, which is like amazing to me, especially when you're like you're trying to throw and squeeze that in into these three hour shows. I I don't know, like it, I I get the intent behind it, but like you need to do one of two things. To try to like mitigate it, you absolutely. I think one of them is a must. Like, there's no option. Like, you need moderators, and you can. It's especially more infuriating given the climate, everything going on. You have the resources and the budget to do it. You have made like this fucking like WWE like with their reports. Like again, um, from what I've read from Bleacher and Wrestling Observer, and and like a lot of the totals that like Melter's gone over. Like these motherfuckers, like basically cut everyone they could not to save money not because they were in the red but just to be like further in the black than they could ever be like they they, like they made even more money than they stood to make like they're future proofing themselves you know yeah which is in in itself a a bit sinister and shitty but like sure the fact that they're still operating and they're operating well below overhead to what they normally do Dude, just fucking hire people to moderate your shit. Like, there is, like, the tech field alone with all of the various layoffs. I mean, just alone, like, uh, Reed Pop that own, like, uh, Nintendo Everything, US Gamer, Eurogamer. Like, they all saw, like, a series of layoffs, unfortunately. Like, I imagine there's definitely a few there that, like, have enough experience to, like, moderate, like communities and like have community manager experience that can like definitely transfer that to just watching a feed and keeping in line with like various points of data that like would absolutely stand to make even like fucking like whatever minimum wage florida can be or like the the worst part like honestly because i feel like that's on a satellite uplink you don't even have to be on site you can you can hire remotely all remotely yeah all remote Uh, the only other option i can think of like since like you've already like i don't know and and wwe fans are like to me like they they're fans with a with a grudge they 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 bemoan and belabor like the thing that they enjoy so they're absolutely going to take every chance they can to like stick it to the man because that's the sort of climate i think that's just been fostered over the last couple years dude like if you're going to pipe in fucking fake crowd noise, pipe in some fake crowds, hire some plants, like put up some fake screens. Like maybe they don't all have to be real fans. So you would have like virtual and real fans, like yeah. kind of coexisting in a, in a space. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm down. I mean, like, so I mean, I, I mean, I'm down with some like minority report shit. You know, if we're really going to go <laughs> that route. I mean, dude, we're already there. We're there. Yeah. Uh, yeah we're officially there um the only thing i would say is do it outdoors and just try to have it spaced out enough to where you could feasibly have people at a live event but then you have to also hope that people will follow the guidelines necessary to have it outside but right that's probably not possible at that point you're most likely putting even talent and production at risk 
So who knows? Because because they're in exposure of yeah. Yeah, that's true. they they have to constantly be exposed. Um, it's I don't know, man. It I I get the idea, and it was like at first I hated it. At first I'm just like I fucking I do not want to watch this giant like. Yeah, I was almost happier when it was like an empty arena. Like it's weird for the performers. I can only imagine. But I would be okay with them just doing it in an empty arena. Like, that's I mean, fine with me. At first, it was strange. Like, when they first started doing it, and I saw, like, some of the clips, like, to the point where, like, um, they were doing it in an empty arena, and then, like, in commercial breaks, like, they just stopped wrestling. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? And then, like, just, we're like, okay, hang, we're about to go just live. Hang, just hang out until, yeah. Yes, dude, that's what they were I, doing in WWE, which is weird because AW, like, because they do the bleach, uh, they're part of the, uh, not the Fight Network, the, the Bleacher streaming service. Yeah, BR Live. Yeah. BR Live. So yeah. you get to also watch, like, what's going on during commercial break, including all of, like, JR's horniness and everything. Fucking, um, they're still going. And then, like, even then I have a picture-in-picture deal with TNT to where, like, TNT will, like, still broadcast commercials, but the match is still going in the corner. Yeah. So I... I don't know. I there's there's definitely got to be something there because I think none of those performers, like there there are performers there that like have, like they have their roots in in the indie scene to where they're used to not performing in front of a lot of people. Right. And there are some yes. that like need to feed off of something. There. They need the energy. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I always liked it when like when they were doing it in empty arenas. Like some of the wrestlers would like, like, I don't know, like play it up to the crowd that was not there, and then so much of that like our truth did it, but did it like you know as part of a bit, like he's doing this whole like, what's up thing and waiting for the response. And it never came like, I, you know, like you have to kind of shine a light on the fact that this is so ridiculous that they're wrestling with, with no crowds. Like, you know, as long as they can acknowledge it and kind of have fun with it. Like, I wish they would just kind of go back to that. That might be the safest option if they're going to do it at all, which to be fair, the safest way to do it is to not do it at all, but they're not going to do that. No, I mean, they they have no, I mean, that's a lot. It's not a unfortunately a realistic alternative. Um but like it's weird because like out of all other sports where you can have stuffed animals or like this weird like cutouts. 2K superimposed like VR fake fucking I don't know, man. Sports within I I I feel like there there is a there's a quote that I cannot remember who who exactly mentioned it and I'll have to source it for you but like uh professional sports is a privilege for an an economy and society that's successful and we're not there right now but no. like well and I remember a lot of um recent events uh resulted in athletes and sports teams refusing to play and participate and I thought there was a really good quote that someone on Twitter had said I can't source it but just I thought it made a lot of sense they said you know civilized nations civilized locations are allowed to have sports like you are not allowed to have sports if you can't act like a civilized people a civilized place like we need to get to that point before we can have such things like sports and athletic events like that's it's not a given it's not a guarantee you're not guaranteed to have these things until we can get to a place where we all are on the same page and we can actually like enjoy shows and enjoy things again but yeah i i don't know man it's i i'm curious to see what they do to refine it uh i didn't watch smackdown last night but uh apparently whether it was a man like that's the beauty of this fucking lovable man whether it was him himself or somebody like 
like doing it on his behalf and him playing it up on Twitter. <laughs> Kenny, Kenny was seen in the crowd of uh, Friday Night SmackDown <laughs> last night. Oh, nice, yeah. <laughs> the the quote unquote crowd. Yeah, at first it looked like they were just wrestling against a giant guess who backdrop, but then like somebody brought to my attention, I'm like, holy shit, dude! It's like the Mortal Kombat trilogy character select screen. Like they're just oh, fucking <laughs> fighting. Damn. Okay. Now now I'm into that. Okay. Yeah. Like some Super Smash Brothers shit right there. It's just a giant, like, everyone is here. Uh, what, if, what if they do that, like, the Raw Underground, but they do it and it's an island? Oh, my and, God. And they dude, all, I don't even they all fight just fucking, like Mortal Kombat. Don't even get me started. I, I'm sorry. Run. I don't watch it. I've not even I've not even tried to watch that. It so. is so bad. Like, I yeah. vaguely, do you vaguely remember when, like, they were trying to get, like, this, um, when they were trying, when uh, TNA was trying to do uh, MMA? for a while and like they even had like this whole like gimmick feud shoot set up where Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe when they were feuding they did not have a wrestling bout they had an MMA bout and like they were the ring was even made octagonal like like I have the DVD here it's it's fucking ridiculous but and it didn't work it was obviously but whatever that was yeah that's what they're trying to do with this now. No, better. It was is a hundred times better than whatever they're doing with fucking Raw. The only thing that I can uh, give credit to Raw Underground for is that uh, the people involved, like Lashley, uh, they actually have an MMA background. Gotcha, gotcha. I don't know. Maybe they'll uh, try to do boxing again, and Bart Gunn will come back and do oh boxing God, matches I with totally Butterbean. Fucking forgot about that. <laughs> Everyone Jesus. should. Everyone should. That sucked. Oh, dude, and and fucking Mark Marrow. Oh my god. How dare you? I'm sorry. Like that shit fucking... it's, a, it's the first thing I thought of, man. I honestly did. Um but yeah, I guess we should talk about the card real quick cuz we ran like down some stuff. So I Yeah. Man, I didn't fucking watch the pre-show at all. So like um I know in the pre-show uh they had the United States Championship match of Apollo Cruz versus MVP, which man, I'm super stoked that MVP is back and he's still sure. right, like for a while, like he was a little, it could be, he was it could not be an, doing it, well in impact with his torn meniscus. Yeah, um, but it, that he just kept it, wrestling on, and it could be a really good faction too that he's established. Like, fuck, as long as you get Shelton Benjamin in anything, I'm okay with it. Like, I'm on board. Like, as long as that dude's on TV, like, yeah, okay, cool. Like, keep keep doing that. Yeah, but um, so they opened the pay per view with uh, Oscar Bailey and Sasha and. This was not all that great of a match. Now, but they did this in two separate matches, right? Right. So yeah, like the Oscar for both versus belts. Sasha match was way better, which is weird too because the story right now is that Bailey is supposed to have the wrestling edge since she's been going this all like going through this alternative path to being a quote unquote role model, and like that's the story that's being sold. Like, so much so to where, like, it's stupid, too, and it hasn't been done properly. Like, the one thing that sucked about the Sasha match was, like, the finish was weird because uh, in a very similar fashion, like, Bailey got involved in the ropes, except she didn't take the attack from Asuka. She dodged it, but somehow, like, uh, Sasha still fucked up and got rolled up, but they're playing it off like Bailey fucked up. I'm like, no, dude, Bailey... Yeah. Bailey, like, if what? anything, did a better job. Like, what, what did Sasha accomplish by getting hit by Asuka? Just distracting Asuka? Sure, and, and the fact that Bailey didn't take a hit for Sasha 
makes it like that's going to cause dissension between them is that, you know, Bailey should have got hit by Asuka and, and caused, uh, you know, the distractions and she didn't. Like, I get where they're coming from, but it, yeah, it makes no sense. It also from, didn't from... play out very well. But no, like, no. Between the two matches, and it... I... Especially right if, you now... to, it, it, like, if you had to keep on explaining it to people, then you didn't do your job. Like, no. the story should have told itself in the ring. If you have to explain it to people, then it, it didn't work. Um, But the... I don't know, the whole angle with Bailey and Sasha just basically fucking running... Like the, the 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 division, yeah. That like it's definitely got to come to an end, but it's been amazing so far. Like I I I Val was actually roasting me pretty hard the other day because I always thought like I don't know, man. I love like I I would never want Bailey to go heel. They would never do it right. Like she's career face through and through. And then this whole thing with the shitty new Jim Johnson music at all, I, I I'm for it. I'm okay. down for it. So I'm yeah. and, like she like definitely exceeded my expectations but yeah she's i don't know for for the character work and mic work she's doing i don't know for some reason she's a little sloppier in the ring that's my my take on it um i mean i think sasha's always been really good in the ring and she's excellent on the mic she's a good heel i would say sasha's a better heel than a face of course so this yeah. is this is her wheelhouse 100 percent yeah, I think Bailey had some struggles to go that route, but I think they wanted to do it as like the shock value of her going heel. Um, and I think it works, but I don't think it works without Sasha. I, I, I think Bailey on her own, it doesn't work. I think Sasha has to be a part of that equation, otherwise it kind of falls apart. So I haven't gotten to really see a lot of the aftermath of like, because like I didn't watch Raw or SmackDown, um, so I haven't really seen like what sort of dissension is happening or or tension between the two. Sure. Um, but at this moment, I mean, Asuka's just chilling with her raw belt again. And to be honest, I don't even remember how Sasha won the raw belt. I, I could have sworn I remember she stole it. Like, she just took the belt. I don't remember her, like, actually pinning Asuka for it. Uh, I don't know. I know Becky had it and then gave it to Asuka yeah, just, because just Asuka up... won, won the money in the bank. And then I don't know what happened after that. Yeah, I, I forget, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, don't, I don't know how we got to this point. Yeah, but those two matches out of the two, the Sasha one was better. Um, it was like as far as in ring, um, story being told. I mean, worked fairly well on both ends, except for the finish to Sasha. Like that was kind of weird. Um, but the next match after that was the the tag team match, uh, Street Profits versus Andrade and Angel Garza. Yeah, we can move on. I, I don't really, yeah. It's just like, I, I, I have nothing bad or good to say. I think they're okay wrestlers, but I don't, it, I don't know. I, yeah, I just, I don't know, man. The The Street Profits at first were, I think they're, like, their energy was, like, a nice welcome change of pace. And, sure. and then I started getting sick of their energy. And then it just got, they somehow started getting to be more energetic. And then... Like, this whole, like, Andrade and Angel Garza. Like, Andrade needs to do his own fucking thing. I was going to say, that that tag, that tag team is definitely a forced thing. Like, it's not... doesn't feel like it's a, a good team that meshes well. I just think they had to give... Because that was... Uh, uh, Austin Theory was a part of that faction. Then he got outed and, you know, took time off. And now he's back in NXT, so... Yeah, it feels like it's kind of a forced thing. I don't know. I, I would see if they did anything with a tag team with Andrade, especially having... um. Oh, what's his uh manager's name? 
Uh, Zelina Vega. Yeah, have her and have Alistair. Like, have them be a tag team. I don't know. I think that would but work. But Alistair's a face and she's a heel. Well, I don't think he's going to be a face for much longer. Oh, yeah. They're they're they're, they're, ma- they're making him turn potentially. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I but, mean, but, I mean yeah, it's weird. Like, the only on-screen, like, recognition of uh, backstage couples they did was Seth and Becky. And even then, it worked at first and then it just got really fucking awkward when they were working on turning Seth the way they did and making Seth all very deplorable but then still extolling but like so I, I could get their reluctance of like not wanting to do that with that's fair other keep it separate couples. yeah yeah um but yeah that yeah god no I just I don't have anything to really think like it was a very like I tuned out it was a very raw match that was happening on on the show, yeah, unofficial. Which I don't know. A lot of these pay per views don't feel like pay per views anymore, anyways. But I, I mean, we, yeah, like in regard to just because of like recent events from like 2020 in terms of COVID 19, or just since the network has been broadcasting. Well, I would say definitely since the network started broadcasting them, because they, with the exception of maybe like big big shows like Mania and Royal Rumble. A lot of these other shows that used to be big marquee shows like Survivor Series, SummerSlam. Um, oh, Survivor Series, I think, is be- like honestly taking the, the biggest backseat. Like yeah, the last they, notable they Survivor Series was the debut of they're Sting. Not, they're not big marquee shows anymore. And SummerSlam used to be a big one. It really was. Like SummerSlam used to be a big deal. And I just think in the years past, it's definitely gone. Like I think the only two that actually bring in like big, huge names and big, huge, like just makes it feel like it's a big show feel is Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. And that's pretty much it. Um, Yeah. Even a lot of the gimmick pay-per-views, like there's, I think tomorrow is payback. Is tomorrow payback? Correct. I believe. Yeah. So. I don't know. Yeah. What, what fucking. And why, we just why? had SummerSlam. Now we're into a pay-per-view two weeks yeah, later. Like, it's, why? it's wild. Why? I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, So the next match, which this one was just, this one's tragic on on a level that that goes beyond like because like the booking of it was actually like fairly well done. I believe this one's the no DQ match between uh, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville because that whole situation happened. Yeah, and yeah, unfortunately, so I, I think they had to take some take some things out and put some things in and and you know may, basically make it a what loser leaves match they had to do a loser leaves match because sonia is actually going to court and pressing in charges life. and then yeah. yeah and then her lawyer is just like it would not be good if you shaved your head like you need to actually maintain like what was happening like just for like it's good that you currently just kind of separate that from right now i don't know what it was but apparently it was recommended against from attorney so they did that and plus she's going to take time off anyway to kind of recover from that whole thing which is is i mean mandy was involved too though but it it took place at sonya's home which that that whole thing yeah so the friend mandy was a part of that too so remember when she was getting her hair done with her friend Uh uh-huh that that was mandy it was confirmed so like and then they cover that and then everybody like even I, like, I'll admit it. At first, I'm just like, oh, no, there goes kayfabe. But, like, at the same time, like, that's not important. What's important is, like... Yeah, someone's someone's actually in a situation where they need to be safe, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. So, um, but they did the best with what they could. Like, they fucking 
they killed each other for like five minutes. Like they I, beat the I, shit I, out of each yeah, other. Yeah, I really enjoyed Mandy trying to set up a table, though. It made me feel oh like. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes sense. Like, you, you, it, it creates this. Wow, these tables aren't just like these props that can be like thrown around and, you know, are like, you know, they're not something that can do real damage or hurt someone. Like, these are actual legit like wooden tables. Uh, I think it just played up to the fact that these are real things. They're not just like gimmicks or props. I don't know. I thought it was fun. Um, yeah, that was that was a little awkward, if anything. Um, but aside from that, um, I don't know. I, that one definitely felt like I had to go through a lot of last minute changes to the point where, like, she also wrestled in like this really weird romper. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I don't, I don't know. know. I didn't. It was weird. Um, but I I hope to see. I mean. She's not really gone. Like I don't know. I think she's just taking time off, but I don't know what they're gonna do. But I would like to see her back. She was actually really coming into her own. Um, and she's. I think she's one of the few vocal um, forces behind potentially introducing something more along the lines of an intergender like. Yes. Like role in WWE, which would be also again like. I, again, this should be something we absolutely go ham on 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 a, a future episode of House Show. Okay. Um, but yeah, I I'm looking forward to seeing her uh, again soon. Um, until then, hopefully she takes all the necessary time to recoup and yeah, and, it's a scary uh, situation. Don't just don't be that fucking. Pe- I don't know. I don't know how to tell people to not be a piece of shit anymore. Just don't be a piece of shit. It's it's fairly easy. It's not. I mean, yeah, you would think, right? So, oh man, okay. Um, oh, okay, yeah. So the street fight between Dominic Mysterio and Seth Rollins. All right. I, w- I will say, the only thing that made me enjoy this match was Seth's ring attire. Man, like, did, did you know what it was, his, his no. attire? So that was um, a homage to Rey Mysterio's attire at Halloween Havoc 97. It was a match between Rey Mysterio and uh, Eddie Guerrero. Classic. Maybe one of the all-time greatest matches, in my opinion, but I think a lot of people would agree. One of the all-time best matches. And and Rey was rocking that same, like, purple-black attire. So I don't know if it's, it's Seth equally giving, like, respect to the Mysterio family, but also kind of, like, dissing him. Like, I'm going to wear the same thing that you wore while I beat your son. You know? I, I don't know. It, it was a cool move, and I really liked that, like... That attire made the whole pay per view for me. Like that was an awesome look. I it was one of the few times where like I I didn't even notice that and see. There there's only so many like I I'll, I'll always understand the pop culture references, but when like someone does like a a inside reference to something of that caliber, like goddamn, that is pretty rad. Especially the amount of storytelling. I think out of all there there are two matches that got really good storytelling and on this card. This oh, this one, one, this one, this one got like the best treatment. Yeah. Because there is so much backstory and history built in. Like people know Dominic, they know his history with wrestling and they know his dad. Like, I don't know. I, I just felt like his dad, Eddie Guerrero may rest in peace. Like, right. <laughs> the, the ladder match for custody of Dominic. Like, and it just like all that stuff was already built in. Like you couldn't screw that up. There's so much there. All you have to do is just let it be what it is. And it tells a story for you. Like, you really don't have to do much else. But, man, to add to that element 
the kendo shots that each person took in the weeks leading up to the show. Insane. Like, legitimate, like, real hits with a kendo stick, real welts, real marks. Like, that was surprising. I didn't expect that at I, all. I was surprised to see. I mean, I know that sounds shitty just because I haven't seen much, and I didn't know, knowing how WWE normally treats these sort of spectacle uh, matches where a fighter is wrestling for the first time or an un like you know what I mean like a, a celeb not necessarily a celebrity but a just not like an established wrestler. right like mm-hmm. a like the dark horse so to speak uh, I was present of uh, like pleasantly surprised with uh, how well Dominic like kept in the ring which I know that sounds shitty given his, like who he is and like his background. I I mean, it, it's like one of those like. Remember when uh, Shane came back and they were promoting Shane versus Taker at the cage, and then like Shane, of course, has been gone for so long. But to kind of hype up and like make us give a shit, um, you saw like Shane quote unquote working out and preparing himself, conditioning himself for the match ahead. You didn't really see that with Dominic. You just no. assumed it because of whose son he was. Yeah, and, and he's popped up like. Uh, you know, when like Lesnar was taking it to him and he was trying to, you know, fight back and you know, he's he's shown up on TV a few times here and there in the last like few months. Um I don't mind them bringing him into a role on WWE like without being an established wrestler at least for this match just to tell a good story to kind of like if anything just to kind of bookend the Mysterio and Rollins feud. Like, I, I kind of let that be the finale of that feud between Mysterio and Rollins, like the, the son coming into his own, but then chip him over to NXT. You know, like, I, I, let, let, let him get his, 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 you know, his boots dirty. Let him get his wrestling time in before he's on the main show, which I think a lot of wrestlers who have established themselves would probably see that as the logical thing to do. Like, you don't necessarily want Dominic to be on Raw or SmackDown just based on his name. That's not the kind of message you want to send your other wrestlers albeit he may be i'm deserving of it but he i might mean be, we've might seen be... it done with charlotte i mean well but even charlotte did a run in xd for a long long time right and by all accounts charlotte's incredibly talented like sure. she didn't get everything just by the pedigree of like the name she carries but god damn is that name thrown around a lot and that was already happening in the match like I, that's the one thing i kind of like i i like I think the only legacy wrestler that really got the opportunity to come into their uh, on their own is actually one of the uh, uh, individuals in the next match that we'll talk about, and it's Orton. Orton was just like you know, Cowboy Bob Orton was just like a dude in the first couple of years, and then Orton, he's at this point like I think his name like he himself carries more stock for that family uh, than Cowboy. A hundred percent. And if anything, like anytime like his dad comes out you know, for, like, whatever appearance he does, it's like, oh, that's Randy Orton's dad. It's not, yeah. like, it, it, yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, Orton like, yeah. Like, dad. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he has totally come into his own. I 100% agree with that. But, yeah, but he was, he's been given, like, the, the right booking and conditioning for that. Charlotte, like, for God, I'm still fucking pissed that Flair got carted out on a goddamn episode of Raw in, in Florida, of all states, with COVID to take this weird fake punt to the head. The weird fake turn out the lights and oh he's not, he fell. Yeah, not 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 great. No, but like he shouldn't like just no. 
Like, and no. He's got to get paid somehow, man. I dude, cameo's not cameo's not gonna be the only way he makes money. Like he needs to he needs to get some paychecks going. Oh yeah, have you seen his fucking cameo rates? It's like five hundo. Are you kidding me? Five hundred? Yeah. Oh no no no, that's no good. Yeah, it's five hundo. I'm good. We I'm can get right. Big E to do the show for like one twenty five or one fifty though. I want yeah, okay. That's fine. Yeah, that yeah we'll go in on that. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Go and have these on a biggie. Promo. I mean, yeah, I, but I'm sure, I don't know if he had Mexican phone cards to float him by for a while, but now he's just got cameo. Like, oh, dude, I still like the, the, that, that's a whole episode in itself. The tragedy of how Ric Flair's money went away. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Um, but yeah, no, this match was, I don't know. It was great. Uh, yeah. both physically and the story like i like it was it was just on the fringe of being a little too theatrical with uh ray's wife coming out and just like him pleading he's just like she he asked me like he, i need him to trust me like i thought all of that was done like just get, right. get, get, getting the mom involved was a little much because it kind of reminds you like when like Miz's parents got involved like and like having his dad in the ring the yeah <laughs> Yeah, like that. I mean, it's great for uh, memes, but it's was, not yeah, good for I was the about product. to say it, it was the night that launched a thousand memes, though. But <laughs> uh, oh man, um, but yeah, no, it was a it was a solid match that definitely told a great story. And then yeah, I didn't really watch Raw, so you and I, I, I hope you did. I don't think you did, did you? The, no, no, yeah, not really. So not I have really. no idea. I mean, personally, I've I've fucking hated this whole Monday Night Messiah thing. Like, I hate the music. I hate like I don't. I don't hate it. I'm not, I mean, I don't know. I just, I don't know, man. It's, it feels weirdly, it, like, it, it feels like it's a dialed to such an extent where it, it, it's a, it's a thinly veiled puppeteered gimmick to insult the, it's, it's a meta insult to the fans because like the whole reason for his shtick is how we as a fandom let him down and put him up on his pedestal only to tear him down because we didn't get what we wanted. Like, that shit sounds... It's the same thing with Sami Zayn. It's very much like this is us being subliminally told that, like, we don't know what we want. Yeah. And we suck for it. So, I don't know. I, I've never cared for shit like that. Um. So, next match. Uh, Orton versus Drew McIntyre. I was about to say Galloway. Almost, I almost said Callaway. Isn't uh, that his? Is that his previous? Uh, is that his? Yeah, indie? that's his. That's his indie slash impact okay. name. There you go. Um, but this is a fucking dope match. This is such a good match, and it was very well paced. It it still told the story because like the whole the thing here, um, which is funny. I think it's the only one that goes along with the Persona Five of like you never saw it cut like that whole stick. Um, that bad tagline, yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, they, I, I think they were. It was really playing it up to what was happening here, just because like they both have such snappy finishers that like it, any one of them could just fucking drop off. And the fact that there is this tease on these finishers, it was just a matter of watching who can get one off first. Yeah. Um, the fact that it finished on on like a just a roll up. Yeah, backslide pin. Dude. But I yeah, but that's the thing. Like yeah, you never saw it coming. But like it's it's a counter that you don't expect to decide victory. You know, like it's 
like like he stole it from him, which will set up the eventual rematch. You know, I'm sure they're not done with that at this point. No, um, there was something that happened to kind of perpetuate that on Raw. I don't, uh-huh. I don't like again. I just saw it, it on my random feeds. And I don't know. It's it's wild. I don't think that um, McIntyre would be able to be champion if it weren't for the fact that like we're dealing with the the stuff we're dealing with right now. Um, but I think he's deserving of it. I think he's a great wrestler. I mean, he's outstanding. Um, but and I, even I, then, like, I'm surprised he is still champion. To be honest, he's I, like I, I'm... he's like very much in 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 the fact that like he's great on the mic he's great in like the the work he does but even the in-ring work like he took a bunch of uh sidewalk slams onto the table like repeatedly and each one like it it looks so visceral and so fluid that i almost thought that like i was watching a replay for a second i thought that the stream skipped because yeah. I'm like, oh my god! But he like he has such a form and and like how he takes his bumps and how he delivers it. Like I don't know, he's he's the right amount of stiff. Like in terms of like the dude safe and what he does, but he makes the like he makes shit makes it look brutal. absolutely. Well, look at his claymore. I mean that move. I mean I'm sure it's not a hard move to take, but he makes it look devastating. Like, I, it looks brutal. I love the origin of that finisher. Did you ever see the interview? I think it was the table for five or whatever where he talks about how he came up with that move was it accidental yes okay so i can see that three-man band when they were doing that apparently he was just trying to do a running kick but the jeans were so fucking tight and he had like (laughs) such little stride with his leather it was like leather pants sorry not jeans the leather pants he wore like had such a snap that he accidentally jumped up and aimed his foot higher and -hmm. then he was just like oh whoa that's fucking cool i should just do that and I'm just and like, I love that a wardrobe malfunction helps yes. invent a finisher. It's so pretty good. That's genius. That's not bad at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this was a really good match, and it's, I don't know, it it I feel bad because his championship run I feel like is just it it's so much so in the background because of what's going on and like sure like him and Edge like they both had like a lot of the wind taken out from under them because which of... that itself would have been a good match him against edge before he got hurt that would have been outstanding i think that would have been a great rivalry would be him against edge Cause i feel like he has a lot of talent and a lot of i didn't even know edge, edge got hurt again yeah i think it was a peck or something he did uh in the greatest match of all time against what, Orton. yeah I, I i that's the last i heard of him yeah but i i, I mean he's on the mend but um, I only could be back for a while, but I think him and McIntyre, that program would be pretty good. It'd be really good. It'd be um, really, really good. <laughs> but like, but Edge would need to be the heel. Yeah, yeah. Or McIntyre basically saying like, like I'm, I'm you now. Like you, we don't need you here anymore. You know, like just playing up that whole angle. I don't know. I, I really like like noble like steadfast because like he did this as Drew Galloway in Impact. And it was it was good. Him as a heel, like it sucked here in W. Like him against Roman, like that sucked shit. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. And it had nothing to do with the fact that it was Roman. Which, holy shit! All right, if we can talk about the the closing match, which that okay. So this whole fucking thing, dude. 
I I have never like whatever momentum like Braun in in my opinion had he fucking lost with this whole like yeah and, and it sucks because I think they like they knew that the stuff with Bray at Mania was cool and like well let's just keep on doing that well it works when you have someone you have like Cena to work up against like to do a lot of this like scripted theatrical stuff it works great when you have someone like Cena to play off of I don't think Braun really like lends himself to that kind of uh you know that kind of that kind of part of a show or part of a match or yeah I mean well I think he does but it's in a way that doesn't work well with the fiend like it just they don't they don't mesh well and if anything they only just kind of use their history as a, a thing to like you know like help push up the rest of their their program is like their history they had with like the sister Abigail and like their history as the Wyatt family like that's all they had to go on anything after that is it just didn't seem very well done. Yeah, I. And also, like, you have two bigger dudes to get like wrestle against. Like, like Braun can't throw Bray around, you know, and and Bray is not big enough to like handle like. Braun it was definitely in. yeah. So it, it led to like a, a lot of awkward strikes and exchanges, and like there are times where there are some more like some of the more visceral spectacle attacks, like the knees to the head and the ring posts, and like you know. Braun throwing because Braun can, in short distance, he can slam Bray around, which like he said he did with the Bear he did backstage, which it's you, I find it hilarious that this is a false count anywhere match, but you found a way to bring it back to the fucking ring. Yeah, yeah, like, true. I but I know and, why and they yeah, did it. But you have an empty arena, like you could easily right. Do but it. then like, where's the Thunderdome going to be? So, um, yeah, it. I, I feel like it just it had needed to go back to the ring only just to justify the uh, production of fucking the Thunderdome. Like, oh, we made such a big deal of getting them included. Like, you know, because like there, there, there isn't a crowd there to watch them go back into the stage and backstage. But, on what, the but, what, but what if there was? What if there were screens that were like... <laughs> Parts of the crew, like, like like the crew were like on the screens watching and looking around that. Oh man. Like, I don't remember what, I think it was community or some, but of like, they were just like wheeled on standees of like iPads that just had like various faces. Now we're getting somewhere. If that or, was the or, like crowd. backstage crew that just like held tablets that would like follow yes. and like carry fans along the action. Have you seen the giant bomb clip where they had a uh, iPad strapped to like, uh, it almost looked like a, uh, like a Segway. Yes. And like the segways like carting around this iPad with someone's face Perfect. on it, that why, that's the crowd. Yeah, why aren't we doing that? Why are why are we why aren't we like we're in the wrong line of work, dude? We um, should be. Yeah, we should be pitching this. But yeah, no, it it could. But until they get something to that effect, which I don't know, the whole the whole mystique and appeal of the backstage is it's something that's not traditionally like involved and like you know fans aren't allowed there live why would they be allowed back there like why would they have a presence back there on screen but i don't but know now, but now if you're a subscriber to the ww network you get all access <laughs> you get to yeah be dude the it's a new dirt sheet hotline you just get to like fucking hang out and watch them like put you together and hear like the resenting remarks of you and ww universe suck shit this suck shit that um but anyway yeah this match was very much like it, it it 
like I it was really weird to close like given how like entertaining and uh the like, rest engaging. of the show kind of was. Well, no, I uh, I was gonna say McIntyre and Orton. Like McIntyre and Orton really turned, and then like Dominic and and Seth were like a big surprise too. Sure, sure. Um, but yeah, uh, from there, really, just the big whole thing was just Roman like coming out here with man these fucking teeth, dude. These Santa's, <laughs> these Santa's little helper teeth that he fucking like put. Um, these, I, these nice and shiny veneers he's got now. Dude, yeah. I, like, teeth so magical and so powerful that, that his lips dare not fucking, like, hide them. Um, Like, that shit, it looked like a mouth guard. It looked like a goddamn mouth guard. Like, Which, honestly, in order to protect said teeth, he might have to start rocking the mouth guard. That's definitely been a uh, a thing in wrestling in the last, like, ten years or so is wearing the mouth guard. Yeah. You could definitely rock that, you know. That'd be some new merch you can sell on the shop. But he's got he's got fully studded beard, like he's coming back and then like wearing a new shirt, like coming by to wreck everyone and yes. sure shit. He wrecked everyone. He mostly beat laid, the fuck out laid of him Kong. out with that chair. Holy shit. I was like, yeah. There's a few work shots near the end that like the camera didn't do the best job of hiding, but like like he's hitting ground and not hitting yeah. him so much, yeah. But still, I mean, but he still it looked, like looked the, effective on the it. In the onset, he beat the shit out of him in that chair. It was nothing like that time. I think the worst chair rampage I've seen was uh, Brock's first year back recently, where he went up against Big Show. Like he beat like I don't know how gimmicked that chair was, but like he beat the fuck out of Show with like three chairs in a row. I'm like that. Yeah. This is the match. <laughs> You should watch, and I actually was live for this. Uh, it was right before WrestleMania. God, it, it's been it's been years now. Uh, I was at a SmackDown in Cleveland, and Lesnar came out and took out Show with chair shots. And this is back when you could still hit him in the head with chair shots, and just completely destroyed him. Like Lesnar chair shots to the head were no joke. Like you see him like lay out like Hardy and all those guys back in the day when they could still do chair shots to the head. Jesus, like the word Hardy and chair shot this year could have killed him. Oh, I'm still yeah. thinking about that. Did you ever? We didn't get the chance to talk about that. Did you see like that shot that Sammy Guevara did where he n- damn near actually killed Matt Hardy? Like he, yeah, he threw the chair and I don't know how he ended up actually busting him open. It's the same like when he, Sean Spears like, busted Cody open with the chair. I don't know how it actually happened. It just kind of so, did. The way Sean Spears did it is that he angled it weird, and uh-huh. it was a gimmick chair because he was supposed to bow tie it around Cody. But instead, he the side wrapped around. Oh, and I then know. the it was a gimmick chair that the bolt that held the hinge of the legs, uh-huh. like just fucking like penetrated him, stabbed him. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, like, I mean, it worked out. But also was very dangerous. Um, sure. The whole thing with Sammy. Sammy was just reckless. Sammy was just like, "Fuck it, you're Matt Hardy." Like Matt Hardy almost like genuinely like backstage wanted to fucking kill him. Yeah, sure. He was pissed. So I'm surprised he's kept his like. I don't know. He's they've definitely alluded that he's not happy with him. No, and Sammy's like not professional. But I will say that like Cannonball. I don't know what rotation it was. Six forty or whatever he did. Like that was kind of cool. <laughs> it was. But but also reckless. Like, he kind of just, like, jumped at him. Like, he didn't really, like, protect himself, didn't protect him. Wait, I, I think he – yeah, that's the thing with him. Like, I think the worst spot I've seen was the on the 
on the buildup to fucking uh, Stadium Stampede when he was in a tag team match with Kenny. Uh, the hit with the, the golf cart. Oh, dude, that looked fucking awful. I thought he actually yeah. like really got fucked up. Like he, but yeah, that's yeah. a testament to his selling. But like, I don't know. He may, for all we know, actually did and just. He still takes some pretty pretty nasty bumps, like things that I would maybe not recommend doing. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, this match going back to SummerSlam, meh, and then Roman came back, and then like Roman beat the shit out of both of them, and was just like, I'm, I'm, yeah, like fucking big dog. I thought for a second he was gonna come back and be like, I'm a heel, but he can't be because all these other assholes are heels because they're well, just all heels. So, so, and something you may have not seen, but I saw this uh, right before we recorded. Uh, he was on SmackDown. And right. they've now set up the triple threat match they're going to have at Payback, which is Reigns versus Fiend versus Strowman. But at the very end, uh, Reigns says something along the lines like, that's not speculation, that's not a prediction, that's a spoiler. And then he leans and turns around and there's Paul Heyman sitting next to him. Oh, shit. So now Roman Reigns has Paul Heyman in his corner. So, yeah, like, cue heel turn <laughs> at oh, this point, dude. right? Neat, which would be, I mean, it's just weird. You can't make Fiend a face. You had the chance to make Braun a face, and you fucked it up, and you yeah. made him shave his fucking, like, his gorgeous hair. I, I would say let Braun bring out his former tag team champion partner, and Roman Reigns spears him. Uh, oh. What, the kid's name, Nick, or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have Roman Reigns spear him, and, uh, yeah, you're off to the races. Yeah, and then fucking... All, all the uh, all he has to do is just at that point look at the camera and go, the internet can fucking eat me, and then there, boom, instant, yeah. like it would be gold. I don't but, know, but but I feel like if he spears a kid, then he loses the kids as his fan base. You know, like yeah. Roman Re- Roman Reigns hates the kids. <laughs> There's no coming back from that. Yeah. Um. God, what the fuck? Isn't that kid like one of the refs' kids? Something like that, yeah. 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 He was released. He was released in the cuts in March, though, so he's no longer with the company. <laughs> <laughs> the ref or the kid, both. I, yeah, both. I'm assuming. Both. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I mean, overall, what'd you think of the pay per view? I mean, I, honestly, like you said, some of the matches were surprising. The ones that had no reason being as good as they were were like highlights of the show. Uh. I didn't think much of the Fiend against Braun Strowman match, and I knew it was going to like not be the best like technical match of the show, but I at least would have thought it would have been deserving of the main event. Uh, but if anything, just to introduce introduce Roman back, then I guess you know at least there's that. Like I don't mind Roman. Um, I don't know. I, same with Cena. Like I I kind of like Roman ironically. Um, but I don't mind I don't him. Know. I used to I mind, mind him, him a lot, but now I'm just like I. At this point, the only thing, like, this is what I was just, uh, what I mentioned earlier about AEW, like, what's really refreshing is that, like, I get to see what feels like a whole roster again, and then they all have little things that make me want to care. Like, dude, next week we're going to see Jericho fight fucking Orange Cassidy. Oh, in the Mimosa match? In Mimosa Mayhem, like, just all this shit. It's so stupid but i love it like I, I mean every match on that card i care about to some extent i agree here like i there are some belts i just don't give a shit about. like i don't give a shit about the tag team yeah. belts anymore i i will say like 
so I'm a big Kingston fan. So when the internet said sign Kingston or they said, Hey, Kingston needs to go against Cody. They went and got Kingston. Like if you ask, if you listen to the internet, you listen to your fan base. Like if they ask for something and you can deliver on that, that's a big deal. It may not make sense to you financially. It might not be on paper. Like, Oh, this, this is what we should go with. No, But, but, but they like, listen to their audience and they do what the audience asks and they get the respect for it. Yeah, who would have thought that building goodwill towards the people that pay your bills would like fucking pay yeah. off? And 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 they will, and they'll bring in like like Jericho's going against Janela on Dynamite, like Janela, like you said, kind of more regulated to the dark uh, matches, but like they will bring talent that's like bottom of the card and put them in like main event situations or put them on TV, which is it reminds me that of old school happen. WCW. Like WCW used to really do that and do it mm-hmm. well to an effect. I mean, that's before, like, they went nuts with, Russo like, came the, in. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, no, I, I, you don't really, they're, they're definitely throwaway matches. And, like, you know, people used to say that the, the, the former Divas matches were the throwaway matches. And to some extent, yeah, they were. Um, but, like, wow, the, f- I, I don't, I never thought I would not give a shit about tag team belts, which I, I enjoy. I used to really like tag team matches. Like, and I do, I do now, but like when not... the, when the tag teams make sense, but none of the tag teams make sense. They're all like just like thrown together. There's there's no Which, there's no like chemistry to it. There's no fluidity to it. It's weird too because they have such a diverse roster that they can work with. And I don't know. There's just so many people like like Samoa Joe is like velvet on my ears. Like I love hearing the man speak. I love like like the shit that he can do i i still have no idea why he's on commentary i don't uh, I, I thought he was injured i he was injured before but now i i think he's fine i don't know but like he like i've never been sadder to, to like see somebody not be used to the amazing potential they can be used like that's one of my favorite motherfuckers yeah so i don't know man it's like you said at the beginning of the show this is not a show meant for us to be like stupid marks, but yeah. So but, but, was... but, but but we can be fans, you know, yeah. and fans fans get passionate about things one way or the other. Yeah, so. SummerSlam was okay, which is a bummer because that's usually mm-hmm. that's usually one of my favorite pay per views because they're like those are where you get the crazy blow off matches or like the I don't know the probably just, probably just can't do because everyone's injured. <laughs> Everyone's injured. They're yeah. or like again the situation traveled. Like I think they just now got Rhea Ripley back. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. So, it, mm. yeah, it's it's just a standby. But like, I don't know. I I I may peak at payback, but I'm not motivated. I have no idea how they're gonna build Survivor Series. No. Um, but I am stoked as fuck for All Out, and then same. Uh, I'm just now catching up on New Japan, but the big betrayal that took place is still yeah. like goddamn. So I think Naito, that's gonna Na- be... yeah, Naito didn't even have a chance really to like have his like championship reign, you know, like won Who the belt. Thought that a dude named Evil would fucking do you. Never dirty. saw it coming. Never saw it coming. Fucking. But honestly, that... at this point, like, get rid of Bullet Club. Like, I don't know. It's just. Yeah, I think Bullet Club at this, or it needs to be a new name because I think Ro- rotating I, members, you know. Yeah, Bullet Club at this point is kind of like the, like the Wolf Pack. Like at this point, like okay, you've run its course. Yeah. 
But there, that's a thing with New Japan. There are too many fucking stables. Huh. Yeah, Suzuki like, Gun, uh, Chaos, Bullet Club. There's probably the, another the, one the, I'm forgetting the, the about. Oh, yeah. Nobles, like, that I can never fucking pronounce. Nope. Yeah, I'm not even going to try to attempt it. Yeah, yeah, there's way too many stables. So, I mean, some of that can be toned down a bit. Um, but, yeah, I think that's that's for another show. I think we can... I'd love to catch up on some new Japan and mm-hmm. maybe I might even convince you to watch impact. I don't know. I, I would, I would watch impact. I, I, I think that their booking was good until everything kind of went to shit uh, with their champion. But I no, like, I, I, I like Eddie Edwards. I like a lot of the stars they have on impact. I think yeah, they've been Eddie doing Edwards good stuff. Got a thing going on with Eric young and they're and Eric young's rocking his old look bald and sh- clean shaven. It looks weird because his voice wasn't as gravelly before, but it now it's like a baby got, now. Yeah, he looks like a baby, but he still has that, like, fucking graveled, like, wildlife fucking voice that he had from that one wildlife, that short-lived show that he did a while back from, um, God, what was the, it had America in its name, the the network that TNA ran uh, Impact on for a while. Oh, like, Destination America? Destination America. Yeah, yeah, he had he had his own little wildlife stint there where, like, he was fishing and doing other stuff, and it worked. Yeah. I'll watch Impact. You have to go watch Joe versus Kobashi if you haven't done so already. I'll do that. Have you not watched Samoa Joe versus Kenta Kobashi? No. You will love it. You're if you're a Joe fan, it is, in my opinion, it's his best match. Oh wow! It's it's outstanding, and I'm a huge Kobashi mark, so I would say it's one of my it's in my top five. Um, so that'll that'll, that'll be our homework. You can watch Joe versus Kobashi. I'll watch Impact. You want me to watch recent Impact though? Yeah. I can't go yeah, back I and can... watch like Destination X is from like 2005. No, or oh like yeah, that. dude, we can we okay. can bring up DVDs left and right, but no. Sure, um, sure. To be fair though, I I haven't caught up on it recently. Um, I kind of wish we started the show earlier because I would have like earlier in the year because I would have liked to uh, talk about Bound for Glory, like with them signing Motor City Machine Guns and yeah, like yeah, I that, like, I get, I get, I, I could have a whole episode just on Alex Shelley, honestly. <laughs> like there you go. Nothing wrong with that. Um, but yeah, I guess, I mean, that's pretty much, that's all that's happened really resonant. That's the one thing with everything going on, mm-hmm. um, wrestling has fucking slowed down too. So, yeah, but we'll have more stuff coming. Uh, I know there's a lot more indie shows starting up again, and I definitely want to bring light to more indie promotions, uh, on this show and, you know, we'll, so what are some we'll... indie promotions that we should, uh, keep an eye out for that, like. Because again, we're gonna be doing this together. You got You got to give. You're gonna give me some more homework. What are some indie productions? Sure. Uh, I'm a big fan of Game Changer Wrestling. It's kind of what the ECW back in the day before they like got signed like to TNN. You know, like it, it's like the the outlaws, the ones that don't really, you know, they have no rules, they have no regulations. They just they do death matches and they do high flying scramble matches. Uh, but yeah, Game Changer Wrestling is the one I'm currently really into. Um, I've also always liked Chikara wrestling. I don't know if they're doing anything right now, but if you want to go back and watch some like older Chikara, um, that's always a good time. If you want more, more wrestling, that's not so serious. Like you like more of the humor of wrestling, which I think it can, it's possible. I think you can do humor and wrestling. You don't have to be so serious all the time, but not a lot of places can do it right. I think Chikara does it well. So I would recommend Chikara, but like I said, I don't know if they're doing anything current. Um, but yeah, that, that's why that, that's kind of what I'm watching right now in terms of the indie stuff because other places are still trying to figure out how to do shows responsibly and they've not gotten to that point yet. Yeah, I don't think we've heard a peep out of Ring of Honor. I think they've been 
they've been just doing a lot of like content on YouTube, but no yep. actual matches or anything yet. So, so there's that, and then, mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to think of another. Like there, I the one like my weakest in and I would love to watch is um a lot of the British scene, but at the same time, a lot of that. A, a huge portion of what got outed in in speaking up was from that scene so i don't know yeah it's... and and also wwe now owns progress like they they bought the libraries for progress and uh evolve you know a lot of other like promotions like that um progress was the biggest one in in the uk in my opinion a lot of stars came from that organization um but yeah I, i'm guessing now they're probably not a thing anymore is so... what it sounds like Game Changer Wrestling. I yes. still, um, I know you've brought up to me several times Hood Slam, and like there's been some shows that I've been I've been wanting to see because they're they're right here in my neighborhood. Wow. Yeah, they, I know they're, they were they're that, all that San close. Francisco and Oakland. Mm. So, it's it's been one of those like I would I would love to see. I I even remember at one point, uh, Brian Altano and Max Scoville talked about just going there like ironically and we're like oh no we fucking love it now yeah so. <laughs> yeah especially because it, it's definitely a it's not a typical wrestling show it's not a typical wrestling organization like it's very counterculture to what wrestling is perceived as so yeah so that's homework for everyone if you guys want to check that out um we'll be back hopefully with a new episode soon but until then george thanks for being on and thanks for talking about SummerSlam and weird screen people in the crowd yeah oh dude we're going to see more of the weird screen people, I bet. If anything, um, if there can just be a huge concentrated effort, I would love, and this is some homework for everyone, everyone listening, I'll, I'll get a Twitter campaign, I don't give a shit, but if everyone can recreate a world map from Nick Arcade of Mikey, like just walking across every screen set, if you can coordinate that... <laughs> And you can just turn the audience into a giant game of Nick Arcade. I God, if that happens, man, like <laughs> dude, we, dude, we, dude, we will dude, end dude. Uh, end world hunger, like everything. Everything will go <laughs> everything will be better. Absolutely. Okay. Well, until then we'll we'll uh hopefully next time report on that. So all right, bye.